Hello and welcome to the Illinois Association of Park Districts Parkcast. I'm Wayne Utterback, Director of Communications and Digital Content, and I'm delighted today to be joined by the Forest Preserve District of Kane County Executive Director, Monica Myers, for our Parkcast. Monica, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, it's my pleasure, Wayne. It's a bit of a mouthful there, so I was just making sure I got it all right. <laughs> it's fine. Now, now, the first thing I want to just talk a little bit about is just about your Forest Preserve District in general. Can you just give me a, a description of, of what it is, what makes it unique, what makes it stand out? Sure. Well, we were established in 1925 by public referendum specific to protecting and restoring the nature of Kane County. Uh, we started off with a single acquisition of Johnson's Mound Forest Preserve back in the day, which is fairly centrally located in the county. And we have since grown to just under 23,000 acres. Um, we're very proud that we've got a very passionate yet lean staff of about 75 people that is able to not only manage the public access and infrastructure to our preserves, but also the natural areas that we have. I, I guess if I had to look at something that we're somewhat unique on is some of the facilities that we have. So we have two 18-hole golf courses. We have the Fox Valley Ice Arena. We have the Strikers indoor soccer facility, and we have uh, Elstrom Stadium, which has now been renamed the Northwestern Medicine Field, where the Cougars play. All right. So the, the golf course is something I definitely want to touch on here in a minute. But the one thing I've been asking a lot of people is, uh, how has visitation uh, been since the pandemic started? I know a lot of forest preserves are seeing uh, quite a lot of uh, activity. It's been crazy. Uh, it's been good because... I think the one thing that we did well that I'm proud of is that our leadership team from the staff level as well as the commissioners recognized very early on how critical these open spaces were going to be to people regarding what, you know, regardless of what phase we were in the pandemic and, and the level of shutdown, but people needed to get outside. They needed fresh air. They needed respite. They needed exercise. They needed to do something other than feel like they were going to be locked down. Um, and so with that, we ended up with more people than we've ever seen in our preserves. It was a great thing. Now, any particular uses of the Forest Preserve that surprised you? Just stood out? Well, not necessarily because obviously people go to the preserves to walk. And then as Mother Nature was providing differences in the seasons, I mean, obviously the fall is a great time to be in the preserves, as is the spring. You get different plant communities and and animal activity year round. But even in the wintertime, we had all the snow that we had this year, especially we just got our entire winter season in three weeks in February. <laughs> People are out cross country skiing and snowshoeing and just generally hiking just to be outside. Um, you know, you, you mentioned golf real early, but and, and golf was really, uh, I guess it shouldn't have been a surprise to anybody, but it was one of the activities that was left uh, open. And we had the best year at both of our golf courses than we had seen since the 1990s. I was going to say that was definitely one of the areas I, I heard a lot of activity about was golf courses. So it's good to know that it was also happening there as well. Uh, right. what, what would you say in general has been the community response to how the Forest Preserve District has handled the pandemic? It's been wonderful. It's been really supportive and Honestly, what happened in the beginning, I think because there was so much uncertainty in terms of where we were going with the pandemic and what should we be doing and shouldn't be doing and, and opening versus closing or, or a variety in between there. 
and, and also in a sense of not just the, the public, but also with your staff. And so what we tried to do was say, how can we still provide uh, the quality open spaces and even programming that we typically do and that our public loves so much, but in the same time, be able to protect our staff. And so at first, there was a little bit of concern more on the public side in terms of you should be closing everything. And, but then the people that really wanted to see us open were the ones rising to the surface. And we were getting inundated with emails and posts on Facebook saying, thank you so much. Um, this, is, this is one of the places that we feel like we can go and that we know will always be there for us to go to. And thank you so much for stepping up and, and allowing these preserves to remain open. Now, speaking of open, uh, one of the questions I'm, I've been enjoying asking her, uh, how much open space has your forest preserve been able to protect? Well, I've been with the district for 16 years. And when I started back in 2004, we had about 8,000 acres. And we've had five successful referendums. And through those, we've been able to protect now almost 23,000 acres of land. So we've been able to purchase an additional 15,000 acres. Oh, excellent. Now, what are some of the plans for the future of your preserve? Well, it's really a combination because some lands we buy, we buy for connectivity so that we can expand our wonderful trail system. Kane County is unique in the sense that we have three regional trail systems uh, that are active throughout our, our county system, connecting to other systems, counties, as well as other states. Um, we have a fourth trail system, which is the Mid-County Trail, which is in the process of being established. And that's being done through a co cooperation of our land acquisition processes, as well as partnerships with other municipalities. Then you look at public access um, in terms of the recreation amenities that we provide, not only the trails, but trailheads and shelters. And we try to utilize as many of the grant opportunities as we can. And so that's why IEPD has been so critical to us in terms of making sure that programs like the OSLAD grant are still around. Um, we've been very successful in Kane County in being able to pair up matching funds that we have to, to make our funds go that much further with these grants. And so every year uh, we are either getting a land acquisition grant or a uh, open space land acquisition development grant. And we've been opening preserves in a variety of ways, whether it's let's get a trailhead in here through the recreational trails program. And so a parking lot, shelter and trail connection more internally based or a full OSLAB program where we're going to open up a brand new preserve um, and utilize state funding that way. We also do a lot of natural resource projects. And so U.S. Fish and Wildlife, uh, we like to partner with, even with ComEd on their green infrastructure grant so that we can incorporate natural resource restoration projects as part of uh, all of our land planning that we do. Now, I wanna just shift gears just a little bit here. Uh, I wanna ask some uh, different questions. Uh, what's the best advice you've ever been given? Oh my gosh, that's an interesting question. Well, the first thing that comes to mind, and, and I've, I've heard this from not only uh, family members, but also people in the field, you know, the Lord has given us two ears and one mouth, and we should <laughs> use those accordingly. So listen twice as much as you talk. <laughs> That's good advice. Now, what advice would you give a 21-year-old? Oh, my gosh. Well, what I've seen in the parks, recreation, and conservation field over the years has been amazing. 
And I guess never say never, you know, never limit yourself, never limit your agency. And again, go back to the listening. We all got in this field because we want to make our communities a better place. And I think that as long as that continues to be our goal, we can all work together and find a way to do that. But when I look at new, new people coming in the field, whether they're just graduating college or, you know, they're coming into their own in their career, this is the most rewarding, I think, um, career you can ever select. You know, just the variety of things we've been able to do, whether it's buying land or, or working with local community groups to volunteer to help restore areas or going into schools and talking to kids. Um, it's so rewarding and you're only limited, I think, by yourself. And so always be open and, the, you know, the moon is the limit here. No, there's, there's so many different areas that are all encompassed under, you know, a forest preserve or a park district. The, the, the many hats everyone wears and the many experiences that you offer to people, it's just, it's, it's absolutely inspiring to see so much, especially during the pandemic, seeing how people adjusted, how people shifted, how people took ideas and, and adapted them a little bit or completely to, to still give people what they need. So it's been really, really awesome just watching all of that come together. Uh, yeah. now, now, if you could go back in history and talk to one person from your Forest Preserve District, who would it be and why? Oh. Well, I originally came from the city of Elgin when I worked there. I've I've been one of the individuals that's been blessed to start off in the active parks and recreation field and transition myself to uh, more natural resources. And there's been so many mentors along the way. It's, it's really difficult to um, pick one person. I do remember when I was at the city of Elgin, the city manager at the time was Raquel Wig, who encouraged me to go get my master's. And he was, he was correct, you know, education's never wasted and it just opens up so many more doors and would like to you know, have another conversation with him and thank him for his mentorship. But specific to the Forest Preserve, um, but also in the Elgin area was Jack Cook, who was the president of the Forest Preserve at the time, uh, pro just prior to me uh, moving here at the district, was a wonderful uh, mentor and leader in Elgin from the county board side and the Forest Preserve side. And that's how I got more involved in Forest Preserves and would love to sit down with him and, and get his perspective of how he feels that we've grown and uh and just yeah he unfortunately passed away several years ago and miss him a lot all right all right now if what is one thing you would want your constituents or users to know about your forest preserve district well i think the one thing that i'm extremely proud of during this time is how our staff have stepped up and during the whole pandemic we made sure that our staff was safe we may have uh, reduce the number of individuals in the cab of a truck or staggered shifts. But everyone at the Forest Preserve District of Kane County had said it's important to us to remain open and be able to provide our facilities to our public. And one area that I thought was uh, very nicely done was in our nature, our, our natural um, nature program, sorry, our nature programs. And we had applied for funding through the county to get some of the coronavirus um, relief funds that were coming down from the feds. 
And our staff stepped up and said, how do we now go out and reach the public when they can't come to us? And our nature program staff learned on the fly how they were going to do their own blogs and webcasts and, and what was needed for that, equipment, software. They were, they were literally going outside in the field with their cell phones. And they were doing blogs and recording things and coming back to the office and downloading that on the website. And it was wonderful information, but not necessarily the quality we were looking for. And so the amount of material they had to learn in terms of how to, how to be videographers and then, and then how to put together um, a lot of this material for the school districts that at some point we're going to be back open. And then just the, the families at home trying to educate their kids. We were part of all of that. And I think if you'd asked me five years ago, could we ever see ourselves doing that? I'd be like, boy, we'd be kind of hard pressed to do that. But the funding that came down from, uh, from the feds and then our staff stepping up, and we've made the decision here that we're just going to continue to do that. Even once we get back, you know, everybody's back in person, the school district, uh, the school teachers have just been um, so appreciative that we're going to continue to do those things. And so I think uh, what I want the general public to know that we're here, we're always going to be here. Uh, we've made it through this pandemic, and I think that shows um, what we're capable of. And we're just going to continue to be open and, and be out there for everybody. Yeah, I absolutely believe that uh, the pandemic really broadened a lot of people's skill sets in a very short amount of time. There was right. a lot of technological stuff people suddenly had to learn and get used to. And I think a lot of it just made a lot of agencies even better, even more streamlined, yes. even more prepared for whatever comes. So right. uh, it's, it's been a really, really interesting experience to be a part of it. But uh, you know, having watched uh, IAPD members and how they've just really just made the best out of a real tough situation has been awesome. And uh, I appreciate you taking time out of your day to talk with me. Uh, it's been a fantastic conversation. And uh, I uh, encourage you guys to keep doing the amazing work that you do. And uh, we'll keep uh, being there for you however you need us to be. We appreciate that. Thank All you. Right. Well, thank you very much, Monica.